Hello guys, welcome back to the Try Time Podcast. This is episode 35. Yes, we've made it this far. I'm Callum. As you can see, it's only me today. Um, like just before we do get into it, I just want to say, kind of like we know the last few weeks and stuff, it has been a bit sort of back and forth, whether it's just been me, just been Matt, kind of a mixture, either we've been together or sometimes we haven't been. Uh, that genuinely is just sort of scheduling and we are both really busy, whether it's work, university, that sort of thing, or a bit of both sometimes. Uh, we are busy guys this isn't like our sort of main jobs or anything like that but we are trying to keep consistent even if it is kind of like this and one of us does one week other does the other We're trying to keep the content going and then obviously long term hopefully we'll be able to get together more and do that and we got the feedback we're getting from you guys is really good as well whether it's on the sort of saturday videos or the main podcast so whether you're the ones listening on sort of itunes or your your spotify that sort of thing we appreciate you or if it's youtube and that sort of thing as we did just go over 100 subscribers on youtube as well which it doesn't seem like a lot but to us it is it shows how far we've sort of come and stuff so yeah that's it for all that sort of waffle and stuff we'll get straight into it interesting weekend fixtures um really because there wasn't sort of full super league full championship games it was obviously the challenge cup and then a couple of drips and draps all over so i guess we start off with league one then don't we which is kind of you know where the actual all the fixtures actually happened um so we got Barrow beating West Wales 60 points to 10. Um, obviously, this was the battle of the Raiders. Both teams are uh, obviously the Raiders. Um, Barrow kind of expected this. Barrow have started off really strong this season, and uh, West Wales haven't kicked on enough. And it, you know, I actually did tip them to uh, maybe get in the playoffs, but that definitely is not looking like it's going to happen. We'll move on to sort of um, the few games on on Sunday. So we've got Workington beat Keefley. Again, these were two teams who were up at the top. Workington were actually a team I thought might struggle. Definitely haven't done that. And Cumbria is definitely dominating in League One at the minute. Keefley, you know, they've not been disgraced by this, but it doesn't look like they're going to be the sort of the top of the league as I expected. Though they should be alright for the playoffs, though. Coventry's momentum stopped by Crusaders. This one where we kind of backed Coventry based on some of their previous performances. Um, but Crusaders come through with a strong win here. They'll be wanting to push on for the playoffs as well. Doncaster beat in London, 46-12. Kind of expected again. Uh, Doncaster sort of a team who should be in that playoff picture. And then Hunslet beating Rochdale, who... 36-22, sorry. And um, Rochdale, I know they have got some injuries at the minute and that sort of thing. And they have actually called up some players who kind of like... Because they don't have their academy kind of from like the local like school kind of academy, that sort of system, like you call it a college system, which I think is really interesting and really good how that's potentially something, a future thing for us. I know some League One clubs do kind of utilise that, um, but it is good to see it actually coming into fruition. Obviously, it doesn't necessarily benefit Rochdale here, but long term, it definitely is a, a kind of a good thing to see, although you don't like seeing teams with players out injured. Right, that's it for that's it for League One until we get onto the fixtures for next week towards the end of the podcast. So... Where do we go first now? We've got 1895 Cup, we've got the Challenge Cup, we've got Super League, we've got Championship. It's all all over the place. I reckon we get started with just the two Championship games that happen, just kind of fill-ins, games that are either postponed from earlier on season, that sort of thing. As obviously there were two 1895 Cup games containing Championship teams. So, Halifax 46, Sheffield 12. Sheffield really have lost that momentum that they had from that first big win uh, over Bradford on the first day of the season. 
since then they have they've looked you know they've not looked terrible in some games but you know people are saying all oh, locks for the playoffs and that sort of thing i definitely think they're going to probably struggle to get into them now halifax are a team who are quietly performing well they're not you know they're not sort of up there with kind of the runaway teams in the in the championship by any means but they're putting themselves in a good position to to get the playoffs at least and they're definitely going to be in and around that sort of probably fourth fourth fifth sixth sort of spot come the end of the season so fair play then we've got a game that i actually was at um bradford 31 newcastle 12 do really love being back not only in person watching rugby as obviously that's what everyone wants to be doing it's absolutely quality but back at odd soul the atmosphere is really good just good it's just it's just quality really um Obviously, if you're not a Bradford fan, you maybe won't get it as much. But imagine you've not been at your home ground that you've been at for years. Like, imagine if you're a Leeds fan, imagine not being at Edinburgh for that long, playing somewhere else. Like, coming back, you imagine how good it is, especially when you're playing as good as we are at the minute. Probably not as good of a performance as last weekend's shot, but we kind of got the job done in the second half. Um, probably the thing that I'll probably talk about more when I talk about as prediction for next week's game. Uh, but losing Danny Bruff, literally, it's like the last five minutes of game. But um, torn biceps straight off the bone, which yeah, it does sound a bit grim, doesn't it? But that's what we reckon he's done. Going to be out for a good sort of 12 to 14 weeks. Realistically, it means he's probably going to be all right for playoffs. But we might, I mean, if we take a big dip here, we might not make the playoffs. And we are on some good form. We've got some good loan players in, like your Ash Goldings, who are playing well. So there's all. There's hope for us still, and obviously at the minute on a seven-game winning run, I can't really complain. Newcastle, really strong, actually. They caused problems that I knew they would. They took the ball around the defence really well. They made it hard for us that their game plan in that first half went to plan. Uh, and they're a solid team. They're definitely not going to go down, as some people might have them sort of down there, because maybe because of where they are on the table. But I do think they've got enough to sort of grind out some results, definitely. So that's it for the Championship. We'll move now over to the 1895 Cup. So obviously the winners of these two semi-finals are going to play at Wembley uh, in the final, which is obviously big for a Championship club. York 36, Swinton 22. And again, I know it's a Cup this, but it's the same old story with Swinton where it is. You don't disgrace yourself. You put in a good performance against those top team. Um, obviously at times they have been thrashing you know, by Toulouse and that, but they've put in a good performance. And they just haven't quite got over the line. They are just seem to be missing something, Swinton. Because they're a team that's like you can't really say the weaker than. I know they've had, you know, they've had your Matty Ashtons over the years and that sort of thing. Uh, but I, I've seen Swinton play obviously when a lot when Bradford being down here, and, and this is a strong squad. You know, they've got like Sir Ridyard in there. I think Jack Hansen's matured a lot as a player over the last few seasons. I think they've got a good team, but. It's just not translating into wins, obviously, out of the cup now. Maybe they can concentrate on the league, although I don't really think if they got... I think getting to the final would have benefited them more um, in terms of the league, league, picking up a bit of form and impacting the league. But yeah, fair play to York as well. Bounce back from that loss last week. Uh, definitely a potential banana skin in the semi-final list, uh, but they got the job done and they're going to Wimbledon. We've got a big final coming up, which I can't wait for, as Featherstone 24, Widness 18. I know Feather have got some players missing through injury or whatever, um, but still got the job done over Widness, who do seem to start. Widness now are kind of turning the season around a little bit. Uh, started off a bit shaky. They are looking a lot better now. And this kind of proves that, I think. Because you go away to Fev, you, you very rarely get having a six-point ball game uh, come full-time. And, and the war, so you got to give it fair play. Even though I know Fev are missing players. And I know it's a cup game, so it can happen. But fair play to Fev. Got the job done. Not great about to hear about all the fan 
disturbance and stuff. And, and it, people say, oh, it's same old, same old as Fev. I've, I've said my comments before about Fev fans because I'm not going to say Fev fans are awful because there's Fev fans who I know like I, that I want, I'll be listening to this now and do comment regularly that would cause no trouble, nothing. It's a small group of fans. And, you know, people say every team has it. Not necessarily we believe every team has it. I do think Fev, there is a definite group of Fev fans who are caught trouble causes and that sort of thing. But that... They're ruining it for everyone else because it's a club that gets tarnished with this bad reputation. When a lot of Fev fans are just there to watch rugby, they love rugby like the rest of us do. You know what I mean? So I don't want to get into that too much. But yeah, fair play to Fev. Going to be a great final at Wembley. Can't wait. So now we'll move on to the singular Super League game before we do go on to the Challenge Cup and the talking points surrounding that. So we've got Wakefield Lee, the relegation game. Realistically, it seemed. But I mean, Wakey with three wins on bounce now. It looks like they're completely safe. Uh, 30 points to 20 against Lee. Lee were ahead in the game. Obviously didn't carry it through, I guess, against Wakefield, who again have turned the season around, really. Lee are as good as down now, realistically, unless, I mean, Salford's the other team down there with them, really, because I think Wakey have picked up probably enough now, because you're always going to back Wakey to potentially pick up a couple of wins later on in the season. There's the sort of team Wakey that usually can st string a run together like they have done, uh, where it's like three wins on the bounce, that kind of... Make, it's going to make it hard for them to go down. I think this Lee side is not necessarily bad on paper. I just think... I just can't see them winning a game of rugby, to be honest. I, I, they will do. I think they will. But I couldn't nail on a fixture where, like, oh, well, they're going to play this team here. I think they'll do it. Realistically, I think the chances are, you know, I don't know what how the fixtures form. I haven't looked that far ahead, but like you know, they might be playing. Let's say they play. We're gonna. It could be a good transition at Challenge Cup. This um, they could be playing. Let's say like a Saints. Maybe yeah, Saints or Castleford. One of the two teams are in the Challenge Cup final. Uh, spoiler alert. Oh, but I'm sure you already knew that if you listened to the podcast. Um, could be one of them where they're you playing them the week before the Challenge Cup final and the resting players. It could be one of them where they maybe get the win. Uh, I do, definitely don't think they'll go all season without winning. It'll be crazy if they do. I do feel bad for Lee fans because they've they've got stick for the fact they aren't earning it, quote unquote, on the pitch, which I guess is fair enough. Uh, not the fans' fault, like you know. I don't know why people give fans stick, but people do. You know what I'm like. Um, but the fact that they have to go and they're getting beat all the time like in the championship they'd be up there contending with like the teams at the top now you to lose your fair like balls are doing well and stuff they'd be up there competing and now and they're not and i know they'll be happy with being in super league but there's probably a sour taste there because they haven't like they didn't get the you know like for example if i was a bradford fan if we got promoted at the end of this season I would be buzzing the whole next season because I got to witness us get that promotion and how good that will feel winning a playoff final is worth a year of potentially losing more losing well losing more games than you've won, which hasn't really happened at Bolt Bradford since we got relegated down to the championship the first time. So it, it'd be worth it, whereas Lee haven't had that high high at the end of the last season because it kind of COVID ended it. And then they got given it, which at the time I'm sure they were really happy. But it probably was. It's not the same, is it? Do you, you know what I mean? Like, so I do feel bad for Lee fans who I do think sadly are going to be coming straight back down unless there is a league restructure, which I know has been rumoured, but we don't really know anything concrete on that just yet. So we'll move on to the main event now. The double header on Saturday at Lee, funnily enough. Uh, Hull, St. Helens, Castleford, Warrington. Um, for purposes of the talking point, particularly that I do want to speak about, 
Um, we're going to go with the second game first. So Castleford Warrington. This one kind of, I think a lot of teams, Warrington are playing some good rugby at the minute and everyone kind of expected them to do the same here. But Castleford blitzed them, dominated most of the game, um, took the chances, that sort of thing. 35-20, the, the scoreline tells it all really. I don't think Warrington were at the best. Um, I know a lot of people calling for Steve Price head after this as, you know, Warrington probably not up there, not necessarily favourites to win the grand final. Um, maybe a, a, a big, cup win would have been good for them but it looks like price is not necessarily going out of a bang and powell i mean has beaten his for his not former team his future team i guess away will be next year so it it kind of i think it if anything highlights powell how good he is tactically potentially and it, it highlights how good he is whilst also exposing how badly worrying to need a manager like Powell if that makes sense that's what I kind of got from it um so I do I do think if you're a Warrington fan I won't be crying necessarily about this because you you got Powell in next year and I think it's exciting having a new manager like that in a new manager who's kind of proved not necessarily he's not one of them final has it but he's proven that he's got teams that are consistently there or thereabouts with lacklustre players potentially, not exactly champagne, the champagne players that weren't and do attract or can afford, I guess. So it's going to be exciting times for Warrington next season, but obviously this season, if you're a Cast fan, you're absolutely buzzing. You're going to Wembley. Uh, you've got a tough ass though, as you are coming up against St. Ellen's. So the game in general, Saints dominated for the most part. Hull came out firing. They were fired up for it. The motivations were definitely there. They put everything into it. Saints quality did show at times and just Saints just took the chances. They had points in game in the game where Saints, you know, if Saints don't make a certain pass or, you know, Lomax or Fudge don't do a certain pass or a certain, you know what I mean, that sort of thing, then the game goes a different way, but they took the chances. Hull had the little fight back at the end. Uh, wasn't quite enough like that say with that Jake Connor pass if Grace doesn't intercept that intercept that and go the full length where does it go what happens for the rest of that set um, it's, it all, it's all what if at this point obviously it doesn't matter either set of fans as the result is a result fair play to St. Ellen's uh, kind of a mature performance from them one that they definitely could have lost um, credit to Hull as well it definitely shows that they can hang with the best if it does come to that in the playoff time because I, I do see these two potentially facing off in playoff situation and I do think this is a game that Hodgson will go back to and draw a lot of what went well what didn't go well potentially getting a bit over aroused for the game but obviously the big talking point was Griffin's injury um, the ACL and then dropping the ball, Farge picking up and scoring, which is well within the rules. When I watched it, it did leave a sour taste in my in my mouth. But it was one of them where I just couldn't. It's one of them where a lot of people are like, well, that didn't seem right, but it kind of is right at the same time. Like uh, at half time, the big talking points were obviously Wilkin and uh, Jim Jones Buchanan were saying about how. You've got to keep hold of the ball, and I do get do get that from playing rugby kind of myself, and uh, obviously watching rugby for years as well. Like you do have to look after the ball, and I've seen players go down with broken legs, broken whatever you want to call it, uh, knocked out if you want, and still hold it. But that doesn't take it away from what Griffin did, and I, I do think it's been misconstrued there because I know Griffin did kind of fire back and say, "Oh well, you can't say that and stuff." And, and Kevin Brown actually, it was like kind of the pitch side analyst did actually kind of disagree with what Wilkin and Jim Jones were saying but I do get both sides of it 
I think you do have to look after the ball, but I do think when something like that happens out of the blue, non-contact, people referring it to like getting shot, that sort of thing, I do get how you drop, how you would potentially drop it. But it just did seem a bit weird to me. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. I do get how you have to look. I get what Wilkin was saying about how the rule, you can't have a rule for something like that because then what happens if you get, like he was saying about the cut and there the can't be a rule. Like, how does a referee understand that? Yes, I think the referee, if the referee, as soon as he'd have gone down and dropped the ball and screamed or whatever, blown the whistle and when Farge went through, he went, no, he's seriously injured. I don't think any of the Saints players would have kicked off about it. So potentially that's the way it should have gone. But the referee played by the rule book. So it is, it's a grey area, definitely. I think obviously it's, it's heartbreaking for Griffin, um, who's going to be out for majority of the season now, if not even past the season uh, in sort of the England camp that he was involved in as well. So it is quite sad for him that, as this probably is big chance of maybe getting into an England squad uh, for a World Cup. So it, it it it's one of them where Farge was fair enough to do what he did. It's I haven't seen many people in and around the game that wouldn't have said, you know, you've got to play at the whistle and do that. That's fair enough. Should the whistle have been blown then? Maybe. Is Griffin right to have a go at Wilkin? I don't think so. I, I get what Wilkin was trying to say. Maybe he could have put it better, but he's on live television, to be honest. I don't think he was playing down the fact that Griffin got hurt or anything like that. I de definitely don't. I, I don't understand the stick Wilkins received for it, to be honest. I think... You know, if he's going to know about it, it's going to be Wilkin, who, you know, a player who's played Super League for, for years, and in re rarely recently as well. That's why I did like the kind of analysis that both of them were, were giving on that incident and obviously the other, the rest of the game as well. So I, I don't want to speak on it too much further because I do think it, it's one, it's a grey area in the rule book. Fair enough, Fadge. It's probably not the most moral thing, but I do think it would have been weirder if. Saints had gone, you know what, let's let Hull walk one in from like the kickoff or something stupid like that. Like I'm glad that didn't happen. That would have made a bit of a mockery. Because it's not the same as the situation that happened at Leeds Aston Villa in football, which everyone were referring to. It's not the same at all. And I think it's one of them where Griffin, in hindsight, if it happened to him again, he'd have held onto the ball. It's the way he kind of drops it in a like it, it, it it's weird. It, it's a weird one. It's a bit it looks a bit theatrical when you watch it, but obviously it's not meant to. It's not played. He hasn't gone. Oh, let me protect. like. No, he hasn't. It's just the way it's dropped and the way it happened. And I imagine when it dropped in front of Farge, he were like as confused as all we were. But he just played to the whistle. So fair enough. Right, that's it for a sort of reaction to the weekend sort of results, storylines, that sort of thing. We'll move now into sort of the fixtures for next week and that sort of thing. Um, giving, I'll give my prediction sort of any talking points I think can come around these games and that and yeah it's probably not going to be as long as the podcast as usually expected obviously we did used to do the kind of really long over an hour ones where we really got in depth on stuff at the minute now we are keeping it more sort of like a weekly roundup of what's going on so you've got to spare half an hour in the car or just to watch or listen to um, us sort of talk about the if you want your sort of weekly catch up I guess it is and looking ahead to the weekend's fixtures which I guess I've, I know I've been messed about and changed around for the football as well, because obviously it is the European Championship, so England are playing and that sort of thing. So I'm not, I don't, we don't usually give the sort of game times anyway, but if you are wanting to know the times of any games, do double check them as well, because I know even on like BBC Sport, they are 100% up to date. 
But without further ado, we'll start. You know what? We're going to do this a bit different. It's just me on my own here. You've got no. If you are watching the YouTube video, you haven't even got a visual of the fixtures like Super League, Championship, that sort of thing, and our predictions. Um, so I'm going to go day by day. I'm just going to flow through the four days of rugby league that we've got, and we'll just go go through each game, starting with Super, the Super League ones each day, and working as way down. So. Castleford versus Hull FC on Thursday night. Interesting one. The team that got to Wembley, the team that didn't. Hull FC obviously a short of Griffin. Castleford on the back of a big win over Warrington. I'm going to back Cass actually in this one. I think it'll be a close game, but I do think Castle just get the better of Hull. Then we've got Friday. The talking points at the minute, which at the time of recording, we don't know anything much concrete. The Huddersfield wing game has been postponed. It's all the COVID stuff. And, you know, none of these games I'm speaking about could actually happen because of the COVID outbreaks. Um, we'll obviously keep up to date on sort of Twitter um, and Facebook and that sort of thing about what's going to happen as it is changing sort of hourly. So at the time of recording, there's not much concrete to report. So we've got Hull KR versus Salford. I do think Hull KR will win this. I think they've got a stronger team than Salford, arguably. Salford are in a bit of trouble at the minute. If you want to know more about this, check out our video from Saturday, which where Matt goes over kind of what's happened at Salford, you know, a few years ago in the grand final. Hastings, Watson looking really good as a club. Now, kind of, Marshall's coming for Watson. Not necessarily got the star power that they did have then. It just kind of goes over, are they in trouble? Should you be worried if you're a Salford fan? Uh, so make sure you check that out. We've got Leeds versus St. Helens, the old, the big classic, classic two big team sort of game, isn't it? Um, I do think St. Helens will just have a bit too much for Leeds. I don't think they'll be resting like Cass did the other week, um, that sort of thing. So I do think Saints will just get the job done. Warrington Wakefield, I think Warrington will bounce back from that cup loss. Um, strong team, probably stronger than that Wakefield. Well, they are stronger than that Wakefield team on paper. Wakefield on a bit of form, but I do think they'll lose this one. Right, we'll move into the Saturday game. So, one game in Super League on Saturday, Lee versus Catalans. This could very well be one of the games that Lee, wi Lee win. You know, we are talking about earlier about how Lee are going to win a game at one point. I can't see him not winning one, but I also can't see who they'd win against. A game at home against Catalans is always a potential dub, but Catalans are playing quality rugby at the minute, so I just can't see it. So, I'm going to back Catalans. Then we'll go on to League League One, a couple of League One games on Saturday afternoon. Barrow, Rochdale. Again, Rochdale with the injuries, like we said, Barrow flying high. It's got to be Barrow for me. London Scholars, Hunslet. Hunslet are probably one who should be in the playoffs. London probably on the outside looking in, so I am going to go with a Hunslet win. Right, we're moving on to Sunday now. So, Super League games have all been predicted. We now are going to look at all seven championship games. Times will vary, obviously, depending as most of them was three o'clock kickoff, but I know a few have changed due to the football, like I've said. So we've got Dewsbury against Toulouse. I'm going to back Toulouse. I think, again, unbeaten at the minute, I don't see why they'd lose. Dewsbury are a strong team, but I just don't see it. I'm going to leave this certain game, I'm going to say next till the end, as I think it's probably got more talking points around it. So next up, we'll go Halifax York. Big hitters, two teams who are probably going to be in the playoffs come the end of the year. I'm going to back Halifax. I think they're playing some really good rugby at the minute, and I do think they'll just beat York. Got Oldham, Sheffield. I'm backing Oldham. I think Oldham have picked up, you know, some points here and there. And you know, I, I do think they could survive if they can win a game against a get like a game against Sheffield like this, where Sheffield are playing great rugby. I do, I do fancy Oldham, so I'm going to go Oldham. Got Swinton, Newcastle. I think Newcastle 
Um, I think they played really well against Bradford. They'll take a lot from that. Swinton are really struggling at the minute, but this could be Swinton's big break to turn the season around. We'll have to see. We've got Whitehaven against Batley. Some of these games are really close, hard to call. Batley, the good one at the minute, they've, they've obviously only lost one game. I do think they'll lose this up at Whitehaven. I think Batley are kind of due that loss or two, maybe. Um, and I do think Whitehaven probably are going to get a result that warrants, like, from the good performances they've been putting in, even though they've been in losses, I do think this will be a game where that turns into a win, if you know what I mean. And then you've got Widness versus London. I'm going to back Widness in this. I think they are, not obviously they lost to Fev, didn't they? So I don't say they're on form, but they're playing better rugby than they have been. Best rugby they've played all season. I think London are still a bit shaky. So I am going to go with Widness. We move down to the last three games of League One and last three games of this prediction. So we've got Coventry, Workington, Workington playing really well. I think no-brainer that one. Then you've got Keefley against West Wales again. I think that's a no-brainer with Keefley. Crusaders against Doncaster. I think Crusaders will give Doncaster a really good game, but I am just going to back Doncaster as I do think they're sort of a, a playoff lock at this point. So yeah, that is all the games completed. And it's only we're only on 25 minutes in this podcast, which I think is a bit pretty mad, really. So this is where I just wanted to say to you guys, like obviously if you made it this far, if you're a regular watcher, just don't be afraid to drop us a message on Facebook, drop us a message on Twitter, or drop us a tweet on Twitter, comment on Facebook, or even if you're a YouTube watcher, drop us a comment in the comments or anything or even a message on youtube if you don't want it in the comment section just any sort of ideas you've got for us for saturday videos or a talking point at the minute that you want us to address in the podcast because we do want to kind of make this interactive do sort of the stuff that you guys want to do you know let's say i did a few weeks ago i did a where are they now of the bradford team that beat leeds in the challenge cup a couple of years ago if you're a Huddersfield fan and you want to see uh, where are they now of your team that made it to, that won the league leaders um uh, you know a good five plus years back um anything like that you know your Leeds Rhinos treble win you know what I mean anything like that anything and you you kind of have a team that you support you want to see us do we'll do we'll absolutely do that that's absolutely fine anything where it's like oh well you spoke about Salford but I'm a whole KR fan would you be able to speak about the changes we've had under Tony Smith that's fine we can do stuff like that that's what we wanted to do stuff that you you guys want to see um stuff that you kind of recommend and like i say even if it's just a small thing where you want to like could you t- touch on league one a bit more in depth one week because we, I'm, I'm a big big league one fan i'd like you to speak about kind of the, the race in the playoffs for that I'm like yeah 100 we can do that like anything we can do it um again thanks for all the feedback that you, we've been getting thanks for the sort of likes and that sort of thing and subscribes like i say we're over 100 now which really happy with. Um, obviously, I know we've only really been back in studio once. Scheduling and stuff like that, like I say, it, it is an absolute nightmare at times. And it's, it's not always as easy as, oh, you know, like, so, for example, sort of matter work through day, I'll be working at night, and you've got we've got to get to the studio and stuff like that. You know, like, it's just the logistics of it, especially in a COVID time. It's not always as easy as you might think. Um, but like I say, we're happy to do, keep doing them remotely as well and kind of getting in the studio when we can, that sort of thing. So yeah, I think we'll leave it there. I don't want to drag it on too much just to try and get it over half an hour. Um, rather just keep the content good. So yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, guys. Uh, subscribe, all that stuff like I've said. And yeah, I'll catch you later. See you later.